You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Exodus 33, we'll begin reading in verse number 12. The Bible says, And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. Verse 16, For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cleft of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that you would speak to us. Uh, I know that uh, we come before you every service, and we ask for you to speak, and we ask for you to work, but that's because we, we cannot understand your word unless the Holy Spirit will open our eyes. And we can't understand your word unless you reveal it to us and unless you make it clear. I pray that uh, we would be receptive. I pray that our, our hearts would be sensitive. I pray that our ears would be open. And I pray that our lives would be changed by the word of God as it is received and as it is lived out and as it is applied in our lives this week. Lord, we pray that you'd be with those in our church that are struggling, uh, those that are dealing with great burdens and great trials. Lord, I pray that uh, they would be able to get some help today. I pray that they'd be encouraged. I pray that they would receive a blessing and receive help from your word that uh, cannot come from anywhere else. And we certainly need you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. We have on these Sunday mornings the last few weeks, I took a break for Easter and did a different subject, but we've talked about the rock in the Old Testament. Of course, our theme for the year is uh, Jesus said that he would build his church upon this rock, speaking of himself, and the rock is none other than Jesus Christ. We saw the rock of salvation in Deuteronomy I'm glad that God is my rock and he is my salvation. There's no salvation apart from Jesus Christ. He's the only way. And then we saw that Jesus Christ is the rock of sacrifice. Remember we saw how that, that, that Moses took that rod and he hit 
the rock. And that was a picture of how that Jesus Christ would be crucified. And can I tell you, that rock of sacrifice is none other than Jesus Christ. And I'm glad for the rock of sacrifice because a sacrifice had to be made to pay for our sins. If Jesus had not been that sacrifice, we would still be dead in our trespasses and sins. And we would still be guilty. And we would still be on our way to hell. But praise God, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I'm glad that he's the rock of sacrifice. Today I want you to see in Exodus 33 that Jesus is the rock through which we can see God. Did you notice verse number 21, Brother Dan read it for us. It said, and the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me. Aren't you glad there's a place by God? He has saved you a spot. He has saved you a seat. He has saved you a place where you can be right beside him. I'm glad we don't have to go through life on our own. Aren't you glad for that? We can go through life with God by our side. But he said to Moses, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. Now, we'll see in this passage, Moses' desire was to know God's way, and his desire was to see God's glory and to see God's presence. God said, well, Moses, that's not possible. He said, but I will make a way for you to see me. He said, if you'll come up here, if you'll stand beside me on this rock, he said, I am going to put you in a cliff of the rock. That word cliff is literally, it's a crevice or a hole. We might call it a cave. So imagine Moses up there on that rock and God says, I want you right here by me. And then God says, I'm going to take you and I'm going to put you in this cave. And he said, I'm going to pass by. And he said, you're going to see not my face, because if anybody saw the face of God, the Old Testament talks about that, they would die. They couldn't, we, by the way, we couldn't handle the holiness and the power and the glory of an almighty creator God. I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say that in our society, we have done, I'm afraid we've done a pretty good, not it's not a good thing, but we've done a good job of trying to bring God down to our level. I want to tell you, God's not on our level. Now, I'm thankful Jesus came, and I'm glad Jesus became a man, but we're not on the same level with God. He is God. He is almighty. He is omnipotent. He is omniscient. He is holy, and he is just. But God said to Moses, I'm going to put you in this, this hole in this rock, and he said, I'm going to cover you with my hand. Now, I got news for you. If God could put Moses in a rock and if he could cover that cave with his hand, those are some pretty big hands. Aren't you glad that we're safe in the hands of God? Aren't you thankful that the hands of God are alive and well and powerful? He said, I'm going to cover you. He said, I'm going to pass by. And he said, you're not going to see my face. He said, but you're going to see my back. You're going to see me. You're going to see God. But here's the key. He said, you're going to have to see me from the rock. Now, 2 Corinthians, I want to read a verse for you, and then I want to share a, a thought, and uh, we'll get right into it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Bible reveals to us that God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts 
to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You know how we see God? We see God through Jesus Christ. He is the mediator between God and man. You can't see God except through Jesus. So here, God tells Moses that I want you to stand on the rock. And from the rock, I'm going to put you in a cave and I'm going to cover you and you are going to, I'm going to pass by and I'm going to remove my hand and you're going to see me. You're going to see my glory. A few weeks ago for our 20th anniversary, my wife and I, we went to uh, the, uh, the mountains of Western North Carolina near Boone, North Carolina. I had never been there. It was very beautiful. We had a wonderful time. We, uh, we went more to relax, I guess, than anything. We didn't do a lot of sightseeing. And I was telling somebody today, I think we went out to eat twice the whole time. We just took a bunch of food and had it in our cabin. And we were up this mountain. It was a, a gravel road. Probably took about five or 10 minutes just to get up the gravel road to the mountain. I thought, boy, if, if we die up here, nobody's ever going to find us. Uh, you know what I mean? But if we're together, so we, we would be happy. I, our children, you know, we'd have to figure out something. Well, we wouldn't figure it out, but you know what I mean. But um, we were there, and one day when we were driving to that place where we were staying, we were driving down the main road from Boone towards Grandfather Mountain. How many of you have ever been in that area? You know what I'm talking about. Okay, a lot of you have. Well, I had heard of Grandfather Mountain. I just thought it was a story, you know, some grandfather took his grandkids up there one time and they had a good time. I didn't realize there was a reason for that. I didn't realize that that mountain, when you look at it, it's literally, it's got the, 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 the face. The face has got the, almost like the side profile of a grandfather. But here's the thing. We were driving down towards where we were staying and Joanna said it. She said, look at that. And I looked and I said, Oh, I cannot believe it. it. It does. It looked exactly like an old man, you know, with his face laying on the ground, you know, and everybody's driving by to see it. But here's the thing. It looked like that from a certain, certain spot, a certain perspective. But then we drove down the road a little more. You couldn't tell it looked like every other mountain. Well, can I tell you, if we're going to get a glimpse of God, if we're going to see God, we're going to have to see him from the right perspective. We're going to have to see him from the right spot. We're going to have to get on the rock, Jesus Christ. We're going to have to get in that rock. We're going to have to get our lives lived around and in and through and Jesus Christ in us and us in Christ. And when you are in Christ, that's how you can see God. Uh, there was a preacher years ago and he was talking to a man who was an atheist and the atheist said, I don't understand it. I've read that Bible several times. He said, I don't get that stuff out of it that you get. The preacher said, that's because you're looking from the wrong perspective. When you've been saved, when you know Jesus Christ, when you've been born again, can I tell you, God opens your eyes. God gives you understanding. When you can see through Jesus, it's amazing how you can see and you can know God. Let me give you a few thoughts quickly on how we can see God, the rock of seeing God. Number one, I see in this passage that before we can ever see God, number one, we must deal with sin. Exodus 32 is a very, very scary chapter. In Exodus 32, Moses is up on the mountain spending time with God, and the Bible says that he delayed. And he delayed, and the people got impatient. 
Does that sound like anybody that you know? Does that sound like you? Sounds like me. We, I don't like to wait for anybody. I don't like to wait for anything. I want it all right now. I want it yesterday. But can I tell you, God's not in a hurry. God's not on our schedule. God is not bound by our time restraints. As for God, His way is perfect. God's way is perfect, and God's timing is perfect. There's times where you're waiting and you think God's doing nothing, but let me tell you something, God is at work. Many times it's behind the scenes. Many times it's something that we don't even know till afterwards. And many times I don't think we'll know till we get to heaven. And I think God will pull back the curtain and we'll say, wow, I had no idea what God was doing, but I'm glad I let him work. I'm glad I didn't step in and mess things up. I'm glad that I didn't try to take matters into my own hands, but the, the people were impatient. So they got Aaron. Aaron was the brother of Moses and they got Aaron and they said, Aaron, they said, we don't know where this Moses guy is. He said, we want you to make us a God because we need somebody or something that can lead us into the promised land. So Aaron takes, has them take their, their earrings off and they, they, they melt the gold and he, he forms a golden calf and they're worshiping this golden calf. This is Exodus 32. If you get time this afternoon, I encourage you to read it. So Moses and Joshua come down off the mountain. God says, you better get down there. And they're coming down, and Joshua said, Moses, there's a battle going on. We're being attacked. It's a war. And Moses said, Joshua, I hate to break the news to you. That's not a battle. That's a concert. He said, it's the noise of them that sing do I hear. Now, I have heard, I have heard some pretty horrendous music in my life. And by the way, I'm not talking about people that can't carry a tune. I'm talking about like things that people did on purpose. Like they were doing that for music. But that's what God's people were doing. They were singing. The Bible says they were dancing, verse number 19. The Bible says in verse 25, they were naked and they are worshiping a golden statue. Now, can I tell you, that is foolish, 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 foolish. But that's how we are, is it not? When we get away from God and when we get impatient and we think we want to do things our own way, a lot of times we'll do crazy stuff. You know why? Because everybody else is doing it. You know why the children of Israel wanted a, a, a golden image? Because everybody else had one. Well, guess what? Everybody else had one, but everybody else wasn't going to the promised land. Everybody else hadn't seen the miracles in Egypt. Everybody else didn't have a God that loved them and cared for them and that could save them. But can I tell you, they had sin. And so Moses comes down off the mountain and he deals with it. Ooh, boy, I tell you what, you think your parents are strict. You think your boss is strict. You think your pastor's hard on you. You think you know somebody. Oh my, this guy Moses, he takes care of business. You know why? Because God hates sin. And he hated it in Exodus 32 and 33, and he hates it in 2022. God still hates sin. They had to deal with it. But then I want you to know, verse number 34 of chapter 32, God told Moses, and by the way, God was mad. He said, therefore, now go, lead the people unto the place of which I have spoken unto thee. Behold, mine angel shall go before thee. Ooh, wait a minute. God said, I'm done. I'm not going with you. 
I promised you the land and I'm going to let you have it, but I'm not going. I'm going to send my angel and my angel will direct you. Notice chapter 33, verse number three. God said, I'll send an angel, verse two, before thee, verse three, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. God said, I'm still going to give you that land, he said, but I'm not going with you. He said, I'm going to send an angel, and that angel will guide you, but I am not going. And can I tell you, that is where the rubber met the road for Moses. Because in chapter 33, Moses says this. He says, Lord, if you're not going, I'm not going. Notice what he says in Exodus 33, verse number 15. He said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. Now think about this. God had promised Canaan land, a land with blessings, a land with milk and honey, a land where, just an example, the grapes, the clusters of grapes were so big, it took two men to carry those clusters of grapes. It was a bountiful, beautiful, wonderful, glorious land. But Moses said this, God, if you're not going, I'll stay here in this old wilderness. I'll stay in the desert. I'll stay here where there's no milk and honey flowing. I'll stay here where there's no grapes of Eskel growing. I'll stay here where there's not the, 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 the beauty and where there's not the bounty. He said, I'll stay right here in this old wilderness with you before I'll go to the promised land without you. Now, hang on. That sounds good in preaching, but that's hard living. Because we have gotten so used to the blessings. What if today, if God took away all the blessings that he's given you and that he's given me? What if this morning we were living in Ukraine? What if we came to church this morning and we knew we didn't have a house to go back to? We didn't know where some of our family members were. We had the clothes on our backs. We didn't know where the next meal was coming from. We didn't have a car. We didn't have a bank account. We had nothing, but we still had the Lord. I wonder if we'd be okay with that. I wonder if the choice were presented to us. You can have the blessings that God gives, or you can have God, but you can't have both. I think... American Christianity, for the most part, would say, I'll take the blessings because we think we can't live without the blessings. But the truth is, we can live without the blessings, but we cannot live without God. And Moses said, God, I've got to see you. That's why we get to Exodus 33. And Moses said, Lord, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. He said, Lord, we need your presence. And Lord, I want to know you and I want to see you. And, and I want to know that you're going to go with us. That's why we have the rock of seeing God. Number one, they had to deal with sin. Number two, they had to decide to separate. Notice with me in verse number seven of Exodus 33. After the sin of Israel and after God said, I'm not going because if I'm in the middle of you, he said, I'm going to destroy every last one of you. So verse number seven, Moses took the tabernacle 
That was a, a temporary structure that they would set up like a tent. And they would set it up in the middle of the camp and that's where they would worship God. But Moses said, because God is so angry at the sin of the people, he takes the camp, the tabernacle, and he takes the tent and he sets it up outside the camp. It says in verse seven, afar off. He said, I'm not even gonna be close. I'm getting way over here. Because here's why. He said, because I need to get with God. And if God's not going to be here because of our sin, I'm going to get over there. I'm going to get somewhere where I can get with God. Verse number uh, seven, it says, he called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out into the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. Maybe today I'm talking to some people and the reason you don't see God, the reason you don't know God, the reason you don't have a relationship with God is because you're, you're hanging around too much with people that want nothing to do with God. And you're associating with that crowd and you're being influenced by that crowd. Maybe today you need to say, hey, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to be as kind, I'm going to be as friendly, but I'm not trying to be like the world. I'm not trying to be like the unsaved. I want to be more like God. And I want to have a relationship with God. And Moses went without. He decided to separate from the people because he said, I've got to know God. Verse number nine, it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses and all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door and all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant, I love this verse 11, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, he departed not out of the tabernacle. Moses said, I got to go back and deal with these people. And Joshua said, go ahead. I'm staying in here. I'm staying in the tabernacle. I want to spend some more time with God. I need God on my life. And wouldn't it be great if we had some people that when church got done, we were actually a little disappointed we had to leave. Now, by the way, you can't stay here overnight. I just want to, I want, I want a newsflash, okay? Just because you sit on that pew Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night, that doesn't mean you can bring a sleeping bag. It doesn't mean you can camp out here every night just to save your spot or just to be in church. But you can spend time with God every day. And you can spend time in God's presence. And we ought to have a desire to be with God. We ought to have a desire for his presence. Like Joshua, he said, Moses, I'm not leaving. But Moses went out, went back to the people, and he went back to the Lord. And he said, Lord, he said in verse number 12, he said, thou sayest unto me, bring up this people and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Here's what Moses said. He said, Lord, you know my name. Remember the burning bush? That was the first thing Moses heard out of the burning bush was the voice that said, Moses, Moses, take off thy shoes for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moses said, God, you know my name, you know me, and you said that I have found grace in your sight. But he said, God, I want to know you. It's not enough just that God knows me, and I'm glad he does, and I'm thankful he does. But did you know that you can know God? You can spend time with God. You say, oh, well, I'm not a pastor. I thought only pastors could know God. Are you kidding me? 
We have access every day to come boldly before the throne of grace individually that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If your spirituality is just riding on a pastor, you've missed it. If your spirituality is just based upon a parent or a grandparent or a family member or a Sunday school teacher, you've missed it. God wants to walk with you. And God wants you to walk with him. Moses said, Lord, I've got to have you. And he said, you know me and I found grace in your sight. But notice verse 13. He said, now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way. He said, Lord, I don't want to do this my way. I want to do it your way. Would you please show me? I want to tell you this morning, friends, that we can know God's way. He's given it to us in his word. Moses didn't have the Bible. As a matter of fact, Moses was the one that God used to author the first five books of the Old Testament. Moses didn't have a complete Bible, but you do, and I do. We have no excuse to say, I don't know the way God wants me to go. Well, if you'll read the book, you'll know. If we'll read the book, we'll know. Moses, number one, he had to deal with sin. Number two, he had to decide to separate. But number three, he had a desire for the Savior. He had a desire to know God. He had a desire to be with God. First of all, I see in his desire for the Savior, he wanted to know the way of God. Number two, I see he wanted to know the who. He wanted to know who God was. I love this in verse number 19. God said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. We had... We've got down here on the, the third row, we've got a gentleman in a, a tan suit. And uh, sir, would you please stand up right here in the tan suit? Would you stand up? I want everybody to see you. Okay. All right. Thank you. You can have a seat, brother. Now, if I told you I knew this man, and I said, oh, I know all about this man. I, oh, this, this man and me, let's make sure I can get this right. We're like that. We are, we're, we're tight. And you said, really? You're talking about the guy in the tan suit? I said, oh, yeah. That, that gentleman over there with the tan suit? The one that's still got a good head of hair, you know? The one that looks, oh, oh, yeah, I know him real well. You say, what's his name? Well, I haven't gotten that far. I, I haven't asked him what his name is or if he told me, I don't really remember. But I know him really good. We're, we're close. We're real tight. You know what your first clue would be that I don't know him very well? <laughs> I don't even know his name. And by the way, not only do I know his nickname, I know his real name. I had to know it to go visit him in the hospital when he had the open heart surgery, you know, and all that. Um, but this is Fats Warren. And you say, is Fats his real name? No, but that's the only name anybody knows. You know, most people know. Fats Warren. But if I told you, I said, hey, I know, I know God. I, know, I really know him good. You'd say, well, what's his name? I said, well, I haven't gotten that far yet. Can I tell you, I think some Christians, I think we've got it in our head that we know God, but we really don't know Him because we've really not spent much time with Him. We've really not got to know Him. You say, well, what's the name of God? Well, the name of God that had been revealed to Moses in Exodus 3 was where God said, Moses, I am that I am. And can I tell you, there's a whole lot in a name. There's a whole lot in the names of God. And Moses said, I don't want to just know the way of God. I want to know the who. I want to know who he is. Then I see the wonders. The wonders are the miracles. The wonders are the blessings. Verse number uh, 19. 
He said, I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before thee and I'll be gracious to him. I'll be gracious and I'll show mercy on whom I'll show mercy. Chapter 34, God talks about the fact that he is the Lord. Verse 6, he is the Lord God. He is merciful. He's gracious. He is long-suffering. He's abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy and forgiving iniquity. You say, well, what's the big deal about those things? Exactly. <laughs> We've gotten used to it. We think the grace of God is something we deserve. We think the mercy of God is something that we have earned. We think that God's goodness and God's blessings is just deserved. I want to remind you, it's a miracle that God would show any of us mercy. It's a miracle that God would show any of us grace. It's a miracle that God would show any of us his goodness, but he has. Moses said, I want to know the wonders. I want to know the miracles and then the where. We've already seen the where. It's in verse 21. It's the rock. God said, Moses, if you want to see me, you got to get in the right spot. You got to get on the rock. And he said, now you need to stand on the rock. He said, I'm going to put you in the rock. Can I tell you, that's a good way to put it. We ought to stand on the rock, but we ought to pray every day that God would keep us in the rock. That's where our protection is. That's where our power is in the rock. And Moses said, I want to know the where. Show me where. And God said, right here on the rock. And then the desire for the Savior ultimately leads to worship. It says in Exodus 34 that God did show himself and God did descend and God did stand with him and God did speak with him. In chapter 34, verse number 8, Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. Can I tell you, when you and I get a glimpse of God, it's going to lead us to worship God every single time. And here's what I'm saying. If we know God, we're going to worship God. If we really know God and we really see God, we're not going to be standing here like, you know, like, you know, God's our old buddy and our old pal. And by the way, I'm glad that Jesus is a friend and I'm glad he's a friend that sticks closer than any brother. Absolutely. He's a friend of sinners. And you say, well, what does that have to do with us? Duh. <laughs> All have sinned. If he weren't a friend of sinners, he wouldn't be your friend and he wouldn't be my friend. But he is our friend. But can I tell you, when you see the glory of God and you see the power of God, you're not treating God like an old buddy at work. You're treating God with reverence and respect. And you can't help but worship him and praise him and adore him. And you can't help but talk about him when you have spent time with him. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.